Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows, including this week's Citrus Bowl. If you haven't still purchased your tickets to Wednesday Citrus Bowl, you still have time. I urge you to visit GameTime app where you can secure your bowl tickets starting at $36. You can't pass up on that. And to help you out with your purchase, Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code THE ATHLETIC. Once again, that's THE ATHLETIC. All one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Welcome back in to Second and 26, your dedicated Alabama podcast here on The Athletic. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles, the Alabama football beat writer for The Athletic. Recording this from Disney Springs in beautiful, soupy, steamy Orlando, Florida. Alabama getting ready, of course, to take on Michigan on Wednesday in the Citrus Bowl. Two blue blood programs, Alabama and Michigan. It's a helmet game, right? That's what we call this, a helmet game. And uh, Aaron Suttles, The Athletic, are here. You can also catch me on Jocks 94.5, Monday through Friday from 10 to 2 when you're in the Birmingham area. I hope that you do. You can also catch me on Twitter at Aaron Suttles. Um, As we sit here recording this, Alabama looks like they're only going to miss two players in this game. When I say only miss two players in this game, of course, I'm talking about draft-eligible players, Terrell Lewis and... Trayvon Diggs have announced they're not playing in the game. They're going to go get ready for the NFL draft. But those are the only draft-eligible guys that Alabama's not going to play. Now, there's some there's some injuries, obviously, that Alabama's having to deal with. Tua Tungvaloa, we've seen him. He's in Orlando. He's walking around on a crutch. He's riding carousels. He's having fun. He's Tua. That's what he does. And um, LeBron Ray's not going to play. But otherwise, this is, uh, this is a team that when you think about what could have been, what could have been is that you, you couldn't have had your two t- starting tackles. What could have been is that Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills weren't going to play in this game. What could have been is that Najee Harris could have said, Peace, NFL, here I come. What could have been is that Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith could have said, Peace, they weren't playing in this game. Of course, some of those guys haven't even made decisions on whether they're going to the NFL or not. We can make some assumptions. We can make some read some context clues and, and put those out there. But for the most part, what could have been is Alabama could have been decimated by a mass exodus of draft-eligible talent. That's not the case. Now, they're going to feel the pain of not having one of their best pass rushers in Terrell Lewis. They're going to feel the pain of not having a cornerback and Trayvon Diggs. But that's on defense. Offensively, which is the identity of this football team, offensively, they are whole, except for, obviously, Tua Tonga-Valoa. And, um, but Mac, Mac Jones played good enough. He played well enough against Auburn that you can have some confidence. I mean, it wasn't – it's not like we're trying to evaluate Mac after Arkansas. 
We we all made those evaluations. Well, look what he did on this play. Look what he did on this. He played in Jordan Hare Stadium. He gets he played against one of the best defenses in the country, and he put up over three hundred yards of offense. Now he's he's throwing it to those wide receivers. Those wide receivers make make an average quarterback look great. But that's all you got to do. Facilitate. Get the ball to where it needs to go. Let those guys go be playmakers. Let them use their advantages. That's all he needs to do. And that's what Mac can do. So uh, all signs point to Alabama hitting all strides on offense. And when you think about what could have been, what could have been is Alabama's missing a whole lot of starters on offense. Maybe he's not motivated to play this game and might might lose another game. It doesn't look like that's the case. We can't talk about the motivation until we see them play Michigan. But we can say, hey, they, they chose to come play a football game. They could have sat out. They could have said, nope, not playing. They didn't do that. These guys made the trip. They want another, they want another win. They want another win on this resume. And, and that's where they are. And, and that's sort of where we are right now. I, mean, I know the, the message board talk is heating up about who's coming back. But we're gonna we're gonna hit the pause button on that because we've got a game, and it's a big game. I mean, this is a chance for Alabama to get to eleven wins. For what? For every season since 2011, they would have had 11 wins. So uh, a, a big opportunity for this Alabama football team, and, and that's where they are. We're going to bring in Austin Meek. He covers the Michigan Wolverines for the Athletic. Austin, thanks so much for joining the program. Yeah, man. What did you think of uh, the amusement park? Did you have a good time there? Yeah, the, the amusement park was interesting. <laughs> we had a, a DJ playing music. We had Tua Tagovailoa walking around on crutches. We had Alabama players comically large riding around on what looked like fair sort of rides. And uh, so it was good. It was a little muggy outside. We had the DJ playing music. We uh, It was a weird place, I'd say, for a press conference, but, but all in all, not too bad. You know, one thing I was surprised with, Austin, is the size of the, the, the media contingent that, that Michigan has, has here covering the game. It's... Um, it's, it's quite large and, and probably more than I expected, but then I started thinking about it. It's really not that odd considering that they're facing a winter in Michigan and they got the opportunity to have a couple of days of respite from the, uh, the, the, the biting cold by coming to Florida. Little did we know we were going to get the humidity and all this rain, but um, are you surprised by how many, how many Michigan people are here? And It looks like you guys are enjoying the weather. Yeah, there was a little bit of grumbling about coming back to Florida for another bowl game. Uh, you know, this is my first year on the Michigan beat, so I haven't covered the previous ones. But uh, you know, they've played in the Peach Bowl. Uh, they played in uh, they played in the Citrus Bowl before. Like you know, they've they've made several trips uh, to Florida in the past. So uh, I think the fans were some of the fans. I think were pulling for uh, for California. Uh, but overall, yes, I, I talked to my wife today, uh, and it was starting to snow there and I'm like, well, you know, it's been a little rainy here, but it's like 70 degrees. Uh, so I really can't complain. Austin, where are Michigan fans right now on Jim Harbaugh? Uh, certainly he was brought in, um, sort of, uh, not, not, I wouldn't say a, a low, low point of Michigan football, but he was brought in to, to raise the profile, um, to the expectations of the Michigan fan base. And he's, he's done that to an extent. They've, they've had some solid wins, but they haven't gotten over the hump. They haven't won that, that coveted Big Ten East title. They haven't played for a Big Ten title and, and certainly haven't had the opportunity to win one. 
but they've been there um, in position a couple of times. When it comes to where the fan base stands right now for Jim Harbaugh, where is that? You know, it's interesting. Michigan fans are definitely frustrated about losing to Ohio State. They're frustrated that Michigan hasn't won a division title, has not played in Indianapolis, uh, hasn't won a Big Ten title, hasn't been to the college football playoff. All of the biggest goals that were on the table for Jim Harbaugh, you know, pretty much none of them have, have been accomplished. Now, Michigan, in the meantime, has has done some really good things. Uh, they have a chance to win 10 games for the fourth time in five years under Jim Harbaugh, which is no small accomplishment given where the program had fallen to under Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh has has done some good things here. And honestly, if his name wasn't Jim Harbaugh and he wasn't making seven and a half million dollars a year, I think I think everybody would probably be, you know, fairly okay with with where the program is, despite some of those frustrations that that have happened. Uh, but but Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's he's a big target um, and not just with the Michigan fan base, but nationally. Uh, he's a good talking point. You know, he's he's polarizing. People have strong opinions, positive and negative, about Jim Harbaugh. So every time Michigan loses to Ohio State or loses a game uh, to Wisconsin like they, they lost earlier this year, Jim Harbaugh's future becomes uh, an easy talking point. Uh, and it, it will be again. You know, if Alabama wins this game easily, uh, you certainly will hear the narrative that Jim Harbaugh's program didn't show up in another big game against a marquee opponent, but that doesn't change the fact that uh, overall, you know, Jim, Jim Harbaugh has done a really solid job here, but just hasn't hasn't checked those boxes on on the big goals that they have. When the when the when the matchup was announced for the Citrus Bowl, and it was it was clear that these two blue bloods that this helmet game was going to happen, Alabama Michigan. What was the the Michigan players and the coaches and the fan base response? Because I know. Um, there's not a lot of love lost between a, a lot of college football and Alabama. There's this certain saturation point that college football has with Alabama because it's been there for so long and it gets so much attention. And um, but in in terms of you know you look back 20 years ago, these two teams played in, in an epic Orange Bowl game. It was sort of um, how we all really got to know Tom Brady to an extent, and um, these two teams don't have a, a huge history, but they do have that 1999 Orange Bowl history. Yeah, uh, Matt Fortuna did a, a, a nice piece looking back at that on The Athletic recently. It's, I think it was a mix. You know, it, There were some fans, <laughs> certainly, who uh, would have preferred an easier matchup, uh, did not like the fact that Michigan's reward for going 9-3 and three is to play a team that you know, I think a lot of people feel like maybe one of the best you know, five or six teams in the country. I, you know, I, I think Alabama was massively uh, underranked by the committee to end up in this position. Uh, so, you know, there were some Michigan fans who definitely did not relish this matchup. Uh, but I think there also was some excitement. Like, as you mentioned, you know, for two programs that are among the really storied programs in college football, they, there's not a lot of history here. Uh, you know, Alabama and Michigan just haven't played a lot. So to see these two teams on the same field, I think naturally, if, if you're a fan of college football and the history of college football, uh, it, it's an exciting matchup. So, you know, I, I think it was a mix. Uh, but but overall, you just to see that Alabama helmet and line up against Alabama, it's exciting going into it. And we'll see how people feel after it's over. 
One thing I love about these bowl games is you get a chance to, to interview the coordinators. And at Alabama, we, we just don't get that opportunity. We get them once during fall camp. But when the bowl game necessitates that they're there, when they mandate that Alabama brings them, we get to talk to you know, Alabama's offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. We get to talk to the defensive coordinator, Pete Golding. And, and that's always fun for us because we just don't get to interact with those guys. We don't get to pick their brain. But one thing I did enjoy the other day is is when Michigan defensive coordinator Don Brown came. I just I, I like his style. I, I've known about him. I know he's a really good defensive coordinator. I've admired watching his defenses from afar. But just his sort of old school throwback sort of gruff mentality, I have an appreciation for. Um, how has that been with him and Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, I think you described it well. He is kind of a throwback guy. Um, you know, he's he's got his scheme that he runs. Um, he, he's adapted a little bit this year. I think he's more adaptable maybe than people give him credit for. But he also is a guy who, you know, who sticks to his guns. Uh, I think he had a, a comment before the season that, now, the day that somebody uh, comes out and tells him to change is the day that he's going to retire and go back to Cape Cod. You know, he's just kind of a, you know, he's a sort of a throwback New England guy who'd probably be uh, uh, probably be uh, out on a crabbing boat or something if he wasn't coaching football. Uh, his defenses are, you know, it's interesting because they've been so good. Um, you know, you look at all the, you know, all the metrics to evaluate defense, the the SP plus and you know, yards and uh, points and any any metric that you can find to evaluate defense, Michigan's defenses have been really good since he's been here. Uh, but the thing is, where they haven't been good is is in the biggest games. Uh, they haven't been good against Ohio State, uh, giving up 62 uh, last year and 50, uh, 56 this year. Um, you know, they, they weren't good in the loss to Wisconsin. Uh, so the you know the reputation with Don Brown's defenses has sort of become you know they they just destroy a lot of teams with uh, with lesser talent, but then when they match up with the team with greater talent, uh, they they have trouble uh, because they're you know they're so aggressive. They do re- uh, depend on a lot of man to man concepts. So you know that works great when when you've got the better athletes. Uh, it doesn't work as well. Uh, when you're when you're facing a team that's more talented, and you know this is another one of those games where Alabama's offense is, is so talented uh, with that receiver group and, and Najee Harris. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what Michigan's defense can do. Um, you know, to to correct some of those things that showed up against Ohio State and and have shown up in some of these big games recently, uh, but. You know, certainly Don Brown uh, is is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, and I I think probably doesn't get maybe the credit that he deserves for the job he's done here, just because there have been those you know, those games that stick out in everybody's mind that that sort of overshadow how good this defense has been eighty to ninety percent of the time. Another thing I noticed in the press conference was Shea Patterson, and and I'm not trying to make too much of it. It was just a, a, an observation I made, and. And you and I, we you know, we, we make these observations all the time. I don't want to make uh, it a storyline or anything. But Shea is uh, in that press conference we had. We was sort of deferential on a couple of questions, and that was weird. I thought because normally a quarterback is the leader of the team. They're very out front, very um, 
very kind of outspoken on on certain things, and Shea was sort of just kind of quiet. And I, I thought that was weird. Is that was that just an off day for him, or is that sort of his personality? Yeah, I noticed that as well. There were a couple times it seemed like he was kind of at a loss for words, and um, he does. You know, he. I will say that uh, that's not too far off from his typical demeanor. Uh, he's a very soft-spoken guy. You, one of those guys where if you're talking to him, you have to lean in a little bit to to hear what he's saying. Uh, usually he's a little more talkative than than he was in that setting. Uh, if if you get him in a smaller group setting, uh, he'll you know he he will occasionally you know s- say something. I, before that Wisconsin game, you know, he he was the one who said you know we're looking to go out there and make a statement, which obviously didn't didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. Uh, but he you know he is uh, his personality is different from what you would expect. Uh, from kind of the typical alpha male quarterback, um, you know his persona on the field is much different than his persona when you talk to him. Because on the field, he's very confident, um, you know, bordering on on cocky sometimes. Just because he'll, you know, not in a bad way, but just uh, you know, he will take some risks and make some throws, and uh, you know, he's exciting to watch and you know, a, a charismatic player on the field. But his personality off the field is pretty low key. Obviously, Alabama fans know Josh Gaddis. He was the wide receivers coach at Alabama. Nick Saban tried to keep him on staff. It looked like Josh was going to go to Maryland with Mike Loxley, and then he ends up at Michigan, and then we had that sort of back-and-forth thing with Loxley and Gaddis (laughs) this year that was entertaining to watch from afar about who was really calling the plays and devising the game plans at Alabama this year. But in terms of Gaddis and that experiment, um, how has it gone? Because he was brought in really – to bring Michigan's offense into the current day of college football when offense is king. And, and that was the one thing a lot of people said, this is what's holding Michigan back under Jim Harbaugh's. It's offense just really isn't built to compete in today's game. Um, now I know there's, there were some bumps in the road along the way this season. It looks like they've gotten over those and are playing some really good football. But overall, how has uh, how has the Josh Gaddis hired been this year? Well, they're definitely in a much better place now than they were in the middle of the season. Uh, the season did not start well for Josh Gaddis. Um, there was, there were such high expectations for what this offense was going to be. And probably in hindsight, uh, too, too high of expectations that Josh Gaddis was going to be able to come in and just overnight remake Michigan's offense into, you know, the, the type of modernized offense that you see at Alabama, for instance, when they had been Playing a certain way under under Jim Harbaugh, it was it was a pretty significant philosophical change to do what they're doing now, uh, and it took a while for it to really click. Uh, Michigan's offense really struggled in the first half of the season. They had a ton of turnovers. Shea Patterson just looked lost at times early in the season. Their running game really wasn't giving them much. So uh, you know, in the middle of the season, the conversation was. Wow, you know, did did Jim Harbaugh pick the right guy to come in here and and run his offense? And you know that really has shifted over the second half of the season because uh, you know we started to see sort of what what Michigan envisioned from this offense in the second half of the season. Shea Patterson started playing really well his last three games, uh, you know, notwithstanding uh, the second half against Ohio State, but his last three games he played really well. Uh, the running game started to click, you know, they, they really found something with Hassan Haskins who didn't play a lot early in the season, 
Uh, but once he got in the rotation at running back, he really became effective. Uh, the offensive line is playing a lot better at the end of the season than they were early on. So you know, we've started to see now what what this offense could be with Josh Gaddis, uh, but they still need to take another big, big step. Uh, they're not where they want or need to be for Michigan to be one of those elite programs, and you know, they're going to lose a lot off of this team. So I think the big question with Josh Gaddis moving forward is going to be, can he can he plug in new guys uh, in in the spots where they need to, and still keep this this offense going up because they do need to take another step. Austin, I know I know you watched that college football playoff game between Ohio State and Clemson the other night, and it was a shame that either of those two teams had to lose. It was really a classic football game, and what's really a shame is that Ohio State um, it's one of the better dominating regular seasons of college football that we've ever seen and and they just they they look so good in the first half and I know there were some controversial calls that didn't go their way but were you surprised after that first half when it seemed like they really had their their foot on the throat of Clemson that that Clemson was able to get up yeah I you know I was right there with you after the first half (laughs) I mean I think everybody was that Ohio State clearly looked like the better team you know I I sort of felt like Clemson was going to win that game going into it uh, just because, you know, I I don't think you can underestimate the value of just having been there before. That was the one question with Ohio State. And honestly, kind of the question with that team going into the season and why I think a lot of people picked Michigan to win the Big Ten, which in, in hindsight, you know, obviously that, that didn't happen or wasn't especially close. But I think the reason why a lot of people like Michigan in the preseason was just the question of how how would Ohio state handle that transition with Ryan day and with Justin Fields coming in there as, as a first time starter. And I mean, they handled it amazingly well uh, throughout, throughout the whole regular season. Uh, You know, an incredibly talented team, I think will go down as one of the, you know, the most talented teams not to play for a national title. Um, You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked that Clemson won because uh, you know, because I do think that, I mean, Clemson has proven their credentials on that stage many times, but uh, certainly after watching that first half, uh, I felt like Ohio State was, was probably the more talented team. And certainly, you know, if you played that game 10 times, I'm not sure that Ohio State wouldn't win it, you know, maybe five or six times. He is Austin Meek. You can follow him on Twitter at B- by Austin Meek. And uh, you can follow his work, obviously, here at The Athletic. Austin, thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you in the press box on Wednesday. All right, Aaron. Thank you. That was Austin Meek. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at ByAustinMeek. He covers the Wolverines for The Athletic. We thank him for spending some time with us. Hey, you guys send me your predictions. Alabama, Michigan, January 1st in Orlando, Florida. Uh, it looks like Alabama's motivated to play this game. We, we don't know. We won't know until they hit the field, but they have the opportunity to really start next season on a positive note and wipe some of the sour taste in their mouths out, the sour taste from LSU, the sour taste of what could have been with injury, just injury, 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 the sour taste of losing an Iron Bowl that you dominated statistically. You forget about that maybe if you send this season out on the right note by getting a solid win over a good Michigan program because if not, if you lose this game – Three losses, and you're talking about what could have been. What are the, the, what the 
best teams that Alabama's had, and it didn't get it done. So big opportunity. Looks like the motivation is there for Alabama. I'm Aaron Suttles. Follow me on Twitter at Aaron Suttles. You can always find my work here at The Athletic. Keep checking it out. Dropping a lot of articles on The Athletic from Orlando. We're going to keep doing that. And then we're gonna, once that game's over, we're going to get ready for recruiting. We're going to turn the page and start looking forward to that 2020 season. Thanks for listening to Second and 26.